It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Lena McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast with our friend John Owning. Lena, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm, uh, it's a short week. It's a quick turnaround. We basically have just today to go over a, a great Atlanta game, and then uh, tomorrow we got to turn our attention to wa- Washington. Yeah, it's it's quite a quick turnaround. So uh, yesterday we got the chance to watch the L22, and we've got a bunch of notes, so we're just going to kind of dive right into it. Um, I want to start with Dak Prescott. Um, initially, when I watched the game, I thought Dak played okay. Went back and saw the L22, and I actually thought this was one of his better games of the season. Uh, a lot of his incompletions weren't his fault. I don't think the offensive line played particularly well. He was getting hit, you know, a lot all day long, and he was still able to make enough plays to win this game. What did you see from Prescott when you went back and watched the film? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, even from the game tape, I felt like he had had a better game. You know, he had had not a bad game, you know, like he had had an okay game. But uh, going back and actually watching it, even the things that in game that I had maybe kind of you know, laying at his feet a little bit, um, you know, and I think that there's still stuff, obviously he still needs to work on like, uh, uh, but, but I think you look at some of the plays on third down where he bailed and then he got sacked and stuff like that. Like he didn't have a lot of options and, 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 and there were times when there were not guys getting open for him and, and, um, uh, and you know, he, that's where his struggles were. And it, and if you look at it, he made some really nice throws, you know, in yeah. this game and, and, and whether it not, some of them, you know, unconventional, like the, the kind of lob pass that he threw to Beasley that it, it wasn't pretty, but it got the job done, you know, and then he did have some beautiful throws that I'm thinking specifically of, uh, I think it was like a third and seven, and Dak threw from the uh, an opposite hash comeback route to the sideline to to Cooper. That every everyone commented about how incredible Cooper's catch was, which it was, but the throw that that Dak put in there was his big boy throw, and um, so he had a couple different throws like that. I thought were that were you know nice tosses, you know that that he had made, and then and then on top of that. You know he played tough. He 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 obviously was intimately involved in all of those, uh, you know, the drives to to you know the big boy drives to kind of score to march down the field and score as an answer. Um, you know, obviously he, he was one of the guys who scored the touchdown um, on the on the zone read. Uh, he he had a couple different zone reads. We talked about that. Uh, you know, didn't get a lot of yards, but were big conversions and and you know. He had to break tackles and in, in, in order to uh, to get what he needed, to, uh, whether it be a touchdown or a first down. So uh, yeah, I think overall this was definitely you know, and and I think even the the plays like 
we thought we we know that the the drop the Cole Beasley drop was was clearly not you know his issue right sure um, but but I mean just to kind of point out he he executed that play extremely well you know I mean I think you were starting to see more of the sprint outs uh, and, and you know he he throws well on the run he threw that ball beautifully um, I just feel like he was he had a lot of control over the offense. Um, and I, I think if you if you ask me, like even though the other quarterback threw uh, uh, for more yards, you know, I think it was it was a lot more chunking. I, I think I think with with Dak, it, it felt like throughout the game that he had more control over his offense at times than than yeah. even Matt Ryan did. Uh, let's. I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but Prescott over the last couple of weeks, I thought has played well. Can you kind of compare and contrast? Prescott from the first three weeks of the season compared to now? Like, what, what is he doing differently now that he wasn't doing earlier in the season? I think that he's just generally, uh, you know, feels he's generally uh, feels more comfortable. I, I, I think, you know, that, the problems that we've had with. Uh, with Prescott and, 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 you know, his issues with, you know, getting skittish and that sort of thing is it's all about, you know, pressing and about, you know, needing to feel like he has to do more than he should, uh, to try to, um, you know, make a play or to try to compensate for, uh, you know, a lack of playmakers or a lack of pass blocking. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that, uh, now that he feels a little bit more comfortable in the pocket, and now that he's got some guys on the outside that can, uh, you know, pl- that can make plays with the ball in their hands, and it's taken a little bit, you know, less uh, uh, you know, pressure off of the other guys that that you you knew could do something similar, like uh, uh, um, you know, Cole Beasley and, and stuff like that. I mean, before you you. you you look at this team offensively and you say, okay, let's take away Cole Beasley. And now you've got a bunch of players that, you know, are probably 50, 50 players on whether their targets are going to get completed to them or not. Right. right. Uh, you, you add in a Cole Beasley, you add in a, a Cooper to kind of take away a little bit more attention from Cole Beasley. And then now I think a thing that's really started to help both Zeke and uh, 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 Dak is they're, they're, having some success on these dump off plays, which I think is huge. And I think it's a small thing, but dude, when it's second and six, cause you ran for a four yard gain on first down and you can drop back and send your guys out on 15 yard routes and then just dump it off to Zeke for four yards underneath, like easy peasy. Like it's basically a handoff yeah. like that. That's first of all, now your linebackers got to take those hits. Right. And it's, and, and, and that's the thing. It's, as opposed to the run, you're kind of on your heels a little bit more when you take a, a Zeke hit in pass coverage. You're trying to react, but it's still not the same thing as coming downhill and, and engaging him in the hole. So your body's getting beat up a little bit more. And, uh, you know, it just makes you think about having to drop. Think about that when you're in your drop, right? You're thinking about, oh, I got to also account for Zeke sneaking out. Maybe taking a Texas route, which I, I I don't know if we've never seen a Texas route before, but I saw one last night, and I was so <laughs> Not excited. This season. I this, was this I, is first one. I was so excited. I almost I almost DM'd you directly because I was like, hey, "Did you see the Texas route they ran?" Uh, but yeah, I think you know stuff like that is 
now you're starting to make these defenses defend the whole field. And that makes everything difficult for them, right? It makes their matchups versus all of these players individually more difficult. I want to have a conversation this offseason about whether or not the Cowboys should go out and try to get a receiving back to run more of those Texas options. Because I think I think Prescott would be a much better quarterback if he had a, a player that he could do those passes to. I, I, don't, mean, like, I don't think it's a Zeke problem, man. I, I, I don't think, know if it's a Zeke problem, though, either. But the, the types of players that run that route really well are the super quick guys. They can kind of get out of, in and out of that cut and get upfield. But... I, I guess I I don't know why they don't run that play very often, but they've had a ton of success with it. I think it's I, I, honestly, if you're ask, if you're really want to know, it's because they have for years and years and years they've had such a dearth of short middle of the field players that why would you want to add another player there, right? Like I think I mean, how many of those guys do they have now though? No, they don't have as many. I mean, Witten retired, and that's one less guy, right? But before they had Beasley and Witten, and it's like they already were having enough problems with, uh, you know, how to get those guys open despite the fact that they like to get open in the same part of the field. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it, I'd like to see a, a large uptick of it, and I, I'm hoping that that's what we're going to start to see. All right, let's pause, and we will take a quick break, and we're going to come right back and talk about the Cowboys' offensive line. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to those of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on a single charge. It's a perfect gift for any friend or family. It's great for anybody who works outdoors, skis, snowboards, hunts, anything like that. Anybody that hates the cold, you need to get them an Action Heat garment this Christmas season. Uh, for our listeners, we have a special deal to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at the checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, the the player that everybody wants to talk about is Xavier Suofilo. Uh, we've been back and watched the tape. We might have a little bit of a disagreement here because I don't think Suofilo played all that well. I, I think he definitely played worse than he did against Philadelphia. Um, there was a couple times where like Tack McKinley got underneath him and kind of drove him right back to the quarterback. Um, there was there was a play where Grady Jarrett just kind of whipped him to the ground. I, listen, if Connor Williams is healthy, in my opinion, I think he should be back in there. What did you see from Suofilo in this game? 
I I thought he played okay. I mean, I think this was a little bit. I, I don't disagree that that this was not a good as good a game as the last game. I mean, I think that's. I'm not disputing that. Um, sure. But I think. I don't think it was about his. Um, how should I phrase this? I don't think it was a performance problem. I think this was a, a, a worse matchup for him than the last game. You know, I think that uh, Grady Jarrett is is a lot more of a you know explosion quick player, and I think that's maybe um, something that uh, he he. So just let me ask you this. Let me let me, yeah. let me ask you this. Do you think he's a better matchup? This week against like a Jonathan Allen and a Deron Payne than he is a Grady Jarrett reflecting yeah, talk. Yeah, I do, I do. Okay. Yeah, because I think he's a little bit bigger and strong. I mean, I think he's you know for his size he can move well and he's and he can get to where he needs to do. But I think he still is probably more comfortable with uh, the bigger guys, at least as far as you know, manhandling them or, or getting getting to his block. You know, I think the the issue is that he struggles. Well, with like a lot of these guys, with you know guys like Grady Jarrett that are just so explosive off the ball that they don't really give you an opportunity to get a, a good, um, uh, you know, they they, uh, they don't really give you a good surface to hit. You know, like they they don't give yeah. you an opportunity to to, to to because it's not even just the surface to hit. It's that you have so little time to get hit that surface. Um, you know, so I, that, that makes that tough that a tough block. So I I think that uh, I think they should have a competition once Williams comes back, and I, I don't know that necessarily. And 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 honestly, if you look at you know Williams' struggles versus some of these guys versus Washington, I, I may give you know uh, Xavier Suofilo another week. I think you know it just, probably makes sense on the short week to go with sure. Suofilo, right? Yeah, and then just with the idea of. Okay, maybe we we'll give him a full competition, or and or Connor Williams just takes his job back uh, next and the that, following that, week. That makes sense to me. Um, I want to move on to the defense, but before we do that, is there any other notes or things that you saw from the offense you want to say before we do, we go ahead and move on? Um, I, I thought that uh, I thought I saw some good blocking from the tight ends actually at times. Um, you know, on the outside, I mean, the, I think uh, you know there was a couple different times where they ran behind. Uh, Swaim and and uh, and uh, why can I never remember this kid's name? The fourth round pick, Schultz. Schultz. Yeah, Schultz. I don't know why I can never remember Schultz's name. I, I, there was a time when the, the, the couple different times they ran behind them, um, and they were averaging like three or four yards a carry behind them. And basically, one specifically where they were trying to execute a stunt or something, and Schultz like expertly passed the the, the defender over to. Uh, to Swaim and then was able to pick up the other guy and it was just really nice to see. So uh, uh, yeah, outside of that, I thought that you know the offensive line played okay. Um, there still seemed to be confusion at times um, with some of those run plays. I saw Tyron Smith run into Zach Martin when they were both running in opposite directions at one time. Um, but other than that, I think uh, you know it, it was it was a pretty good performance by the offense and they you know they controlled the clock as they needed to as we saw and then when it was uh, time to score they made a whole bunch of gutty plays and they were able to move the ball and get get themselves into position to win the game um the last thing i want to say about the tight ends before we move on is jeff swain is going to be out a while with a wrist injury that probably means more dalton schultz uh something that's been interesting to me over the last four weeks Rico Gathers has had more snaps than Blake Jarwin in each of those four games. So there could be a, a big uptick in 
in snaps for Rico over the next couple of weeks. And I'm interested to see how that plays out because I think he's been playing okay the last couple of weeks, especially as a blocker. I think he's been fine. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys handle uh, the loss of Jeff Swain. All right, let's talk about the defense a little bit. I want to start with Demarcus Lawrence. Um, every single week, I'm amazed at just how good of a player he is. Uh, obviously, he had the one and a half sacks, but that doesn't even tell the whole story about Lawrence. Uh, twice in this game, Lawrence made plays when he was a backside defender, just hustling down uh, the line and making a tackle at the line of scrimmage or you know, just, just past it. There was a play that Ito Smith, I believe, where, I mean, I, I don't even know how far Lawrence traveled. And, I mean, he, he just made a fantastic play coming down the line. It was all the way at the sideline, wasn't it? Did yeah, he, I mean, yeah. it's just it's that type of hustle that separates him from the other good pass rushers in the league because he's not taking plays off. He plays every single play uh, like it's his last. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out to the people that yeah. Lawrence's hustle is just unbelievable to watch every single week. Yeah, he seems he plays so hard. It's it's I mean for a guy that's clearly, you know, one of the best defenders in the league, you know, effort is such a huge part of his game. It's it's just impressive to watch. And that's why I have no problems paying him long-term. Oh, yeah, Because no. he, he's not a guy that's going to loaf and that kind of stuff. It's just in his DNA to play hard like that all the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I have no questions about him. The other defensive lineman that I thought played a really good game was, was Tyrone Crawford. And he's a guy that typically, you know, he'll get lost in the shuffle sometimes when we're talking about uh, these defensive linemen. It seems like we always talk about Lawrence and Gregory and David Irving. But... Tyrone Crawford for maybe the fourth or fifth week in a row has been, you know, the Cowboys' second most second most consistent defensive lineman. What did you see from Crawford on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think you know when he went down temporarily with a with an injury. And by the way, I, we didn't mention this, but I watched the game with uh, with uh, Sean Kershner, Rabble Rouser. Some of you guys mm-hmm. may know him, um, and so I, I looked over to Rabble. I was like, "That's not good, man." Just because I mean, you have to think about, especially in that game, how important. Crawford was, you know, I mean, he was playing both defensive end and defensive tackle, and in a spot where you were losing, you were down, you know, a couple of guys, he was one of the more def- talented defensive tackles you had in the game, so, you know, you really, yeah. he was, he was, and, 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 and it showed, I, I mean, I guess to that point, he was playing extremely well. I, I, I think we should, you know, we need to expand out the larger conversation, I think, because I feel like for who was on the field, I think we just got to give a, a hats off to Rod Marinelli. I think Absolutely. It, it, because I, if you go and watch who was playing on the field at the times, they were getting pressure from everybody. You know, Karan Reed was playing extremely well at periods. Yep. Um, you know, we we saw uh, Malik Collins get in there, obviously, and doing his thing. Um, you know, there were some times that they were getting penetration and not finishing that the way that we'd like to. But you know, that's going to happen sometimes. It, it, it's but they disrupted the play. You know, they they changed the course of the play. Um, and, and I think you, if you look at those stunts they were running, they were doing a really great job of doing things like using Randy Gregory as a stabber, like having him loop in and come in and, and take out the guard and allowing the the three technique to loop behind him to get the quick pressures you know um and, and and just they were just you know and guys like randy gregory i thought played really well you know he, gregory himself got his sack 
uh, on a play where he was basically supposed to be disrupting uh, the the looper's block, and then just kept working through it and was able to make his way across the pocket. And as uh, and as Ryan tried to escape to get out to, to throw the ball, was right there and got a sack. So uh, lots of great hustle by the defensive line, um, and again some really great snaps from uh, Karan Reed is is a guy, man. I mean, you yeah, can, I, I think he is. He's really going to be perfect once you get Irving back and, and you and you just need a guy to come in and give you like five snaps a game. Man, I, I'd love to give those five snaps to a guy like Karan Reed. And, and I mean, just to have, I mean, can you imagine where we were with the defensive tackle position? You know, uh, all all these weeks and months ago before the season, and now we're down like what our top two defensive tackles, and they still played fantastic. And, and you, so, you had 47 snaps combined from Karan Reed and Christian Ringo in that game. I mean, that's just. I mean, and and, and, and I didn't really notice Ringo. But that's probably a great thing, you know what I'm saying? Like there were times when they look, there were times when they gashed us a little bit, but uh, you know, I think that that a lot of that also had to do with the fact that you know they the Cowboys were committed to making sure that the the passing offense wasn't going to kill them down the field consistently. So, uh, you know, I, I think I, I think for what for what they who was on the field and, and the fact that we had a guy named after a beetle playing defensive tackle. <laughs> Like you know, I thought we did pretty good, and and I think that um, I think that uh, uh, you know, like like I said, Rod Marinelli, um, he doesn't get the credit as much anymore. Richard's the hot name because he's calling a lot of these defenses, that sort of thing. Marinelli's still the guy who's calling these stunts and teaching these stunts and, and games and that sort of thing, and and that is still a giant part of what makes this off uh, this defense tick. And so, hats off to him. Uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in our preview tomorrow, but the Cowboys defensive line should be in much better shape for Thursday's game against the Redskins than they were this week against the Falcons. Uh, it sounds like Taco Charlton is going to practice today, and then if, if Taco plays, you'll have him and Gregory at right defense Ven. That allows Tyrone Crawford to come back and play defensive tackle, so you'll have Crawford, you'll have Collins. It sounds like Antoine Woods is going to be available, so he'll probably start. Uh, and then obviously Karan Reed. So you're going to have a little bit more depth there in that game compared to what you had this week. So, uh, you know, it was a great job by the Cowboys for surviving. Um, really quickly, just kind of want to talk about these linebackers before we go. Uh, I thought Leighton Van Der Esch was uh, pretty good in this game. I'd give him a B plus. Jalen Smith, I did not think had a very good game. Um, but what did you see from the linebackers? I actually think the linebackers played great. Um, okay. uh, I give, I give, I mean, I give Leighton an, an A. I mean, I don't know how. I mean, the guy got a game-changing interception and then you know f- three pass deflections. So I, I, yeah, I've, I've I've given him an A. I, um, the only reason I'm the only reason I'm I'm not giving Van Drescha <laughs> an A is he had a couple missed tackles and that's going to happen. Dude, and he, I guess he he tackled a running back with his own teammate know, at one yeah, point. That was a fantastic a, a, tackle. It was great. It was a. it was a great tackle. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm so shocked when he misses a tackle because he is a really good tackler, and that's I, I was just kind of surprised. I am um, I am I am shocked when he misses tackles. I am more shocked when he tackles a different team's player with his teammate. I don't know if you missed that part. Marcus. Let's talk about Jalen Smith. What did you see from Smith? Well, in the I, game? See, okay, so here's the other thing. The 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 con- and again this uh, I think we discussed this yesterday, but I think uh, going back, I feel that this was important. The context of what they were having to do with the defensive line in front of them, I, I think, 
you know, there was a lot that was being asked of those two, you know, and, and, uh, Jalen was running around all different directions at times because of, you know, misdirection and a lot because he knew that he needed to be, uh, a, a physical force along the line of scrimmage because of, you know, a, a lack of talent there currently. Right. Um, I, I, you know, yeah, I don't think he had, you know, he didn't make any huge plays. I think he uh, had a couple of times when um, he he didn't it, he took a bad angle, but like it was because he was pursuing like Jake Matthews stepped out in front of him and he had to choose between going underneath or going over him. And he chose underneath and he didn't quite get there. You know, it's like right. so, you know, I, I, I'm. For th- it's not like he had a free run and he missed his angle. You know what I'm saying? Like th- that's a that's a judgment call. You see if you could do it. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Um, I-, I think that overall he had an uh, an okay game. Not not an exceptional game for sure. Uh, but I definitely don't feel like uh, it was a situation where he played poorly. I just feel like he didn't have an exceptional game because he was probably doing so much i mean I, I that was the thing is you really have to think like this 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 offense puts such stress on your your defense especially your linebackers because you know you, they don't have a, an elite running game necessarily but the problem is is that you're definitely going to be responsible for making sure that those throws to those throws like to you know whoever julio ridley sanu are going over your head, so you know you're trying to drop into the coverage to make sure that uh, y- you're you're providing enough. Uh, you're making the quarterback throw it over your head to get it to those guys, but at the same time, you still got to come downhill and 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 uh, and you know make the tackle in the run game. I think that for Jalen, that calculus was a l- made a little more difficult by considering who was playing in front of him, uh, and and I think you know he. he the result was that he had a middling game as opposed to, you know, a game, a game filled with game changing plays. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I, I felt like he was just a non-factor for most of yeah. the game. And yeah. for, all, for all those reasons that you mentioned, and I think this defense is predicated on those linebackers being the game changing players. They, they need Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith to make every tackle and to make the big plays. And I just felt like Smith was a little invisible in this game. Now, they play Washington this week. He did not play all that well the last time they played Washington, so they, they're going to need a big game from him. Um, I'm hopeful uh, that he can, you know, now that he's got to face them one time, uh, I'm hopeful that he, he can have a better game. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Lane and at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.